Well, it's so good to be together, and in just a moment, we are going to continue to worship, but first, we're going to celebrate a beautiful thing. We, we, we have someone who is prepared to be baptized today, and, and so remain standing. In just a moment, I'm going to invite up my friend Oleg here, but, but before he comes up, I, I just want to mention a, a couple things about baptism, just how, how beautiful it really is. Um, it's one of those things that we do it together uh, because it's meant to be done publicly. This isn't something that's, that's done in secret. This isn't something we're quiet about. It's a public profession of faith. It's, it's someone actually saying, my allegiance is 100% in Jesus Christ. My faith, everything I believe, the, the way I'm going to live my life from now until the day that it's done here on earth is, is for Jesus, is with Jesus, is about Jesus. And, 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 and because of that, it's filled with a lot of meaning. It's filled with a lot of symbolism. Uh, you can think of water, how, how water is cleansing. And, and you see that as someone is lowered and raised up. You see the water kind of kind of falling off of them. And, and, it, and it reminds us, we've been cleansed by the grace of God, by, by Jesus Christ. All of our sins, anything we've ever done wrong is gone, is washed away. And then there's the symbolism of, 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 again, kind of that imagery of being lowered underwater. Kind of this, this it kind of symbolizes uh, Christ being buried uh, but but doesn't stay buried. He 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 raises up and he lives a new life, and we do too. And you see that in baptism as someone's raised, that they're buried with Christ and raised to live a new life. And and then the other thing, and I and I learned this kind of recently over this past year that I just think is so powerful. And as they've kind of found kind of archaeological digs of, of early early uh, Christian baptismals, uh, they've noticed Galatians 3:28 inscribed on a lot of baptismals. It, it actually says that there is no longer Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male nor female. We are all one in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so baptism is a symbol of family, that we're together, that we're all one. And so in this moment, I want to invite up Oleg and allow him to share a verse that's meaningful to his faith journey and a little bit of his testimony. Thank you. I was, I was raised in a Christian family and came to know Jesus as my Savior and a role model. He died for my sins and has blessed me with my job, family, and friends. Colossians 1.16, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. This is my favorite verse in the Bible because it shows how mighty and powerful our Lord is. And with all that power, he still loves us humans and forgives our sins. Amen. That's a good passage. Love that. In this moment, what I'd love you to do, if you feel comfortable, you can just extend a hand, and I'm just going to pray over Oleg and his journey, and, and then we're going to continue to worship, and Oleg will, will kind of walk over to the baptismal, and, and here's what I'd ask. When that moment happens, when, when you raise up from that water, bro, I want this room to go crazy. Uh, it, it, it reminds me, in Luke, Luke 15, Jesus goes through these three different stories of when what's lost is found. It says that there's a party, that the person goes out and gets their neighbors and their friends, and they celebrate. Well, that's what we're going to do in just a moment. But first, let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you for Oleg's journey and, and just how you have revealed yourself as Lord, as Savior, as Son of God to him. And and thank you for giving him the gift of faith. Thank you for giving him your grace uh, to see you and, and, and to fill him with a passion and desire to, to walk w with you and to live for you. And, and so we just lift our brother up and we just ask that he would just sense you each and every uh, day in his journey. That, that he would sense your nearness, that he would sense how you guide and provide and how you are leading him. 
And would this even be a moment of, of reminding those of us in this room who, who are following you of, of the same truth that, that all those things pertain to us as well. But we love you and we praise you in Jesus Christ. Amen.
Well, amen. I don't know quite how to follow that. And thank you for being here. We're so glad that you, you chose to join us this morning on an incredible Sunday with some baptisms and amazing worship. And my name is Phil. I'm one of the pastors here. Hopefully on the way in, you, you got one of these guys. And, and inside, there's a, a connection card. It's a way that we can get to know you a little bit or find out who's here and who's kind of our core and how we can pray for you and all that kind of stuff. You can fill that out when you get a second and drop it in the, in the connection. Nope. Offering buckets, that's it. And if you're new, you can hang on to it and we'll, we'll trade it out for a gift on your way out. But um, we're, we're coming to the end. We're concluding our Together series this morning. And we thought, you know what would be weird? If we did a whole four-week series on Together without actually all being together. So we've invited um, Kid Town and, and, and high school and middle school um, all in the, in the service together today. So we're together, which is, which is perfect. So let's, um, let's take a few seconds to, to greet those around us. If you've left a little bit of room for the Holy Spirit... You're going to have to yell a little bit, maybe move a touch to meet someone next to you. If you've left like a good three or four rows just in case four of your friends that you've never invited might show up, this is the time to bridge that gap a little bit. Meet someone, shake a hand, find a little bit about their story. You've, you've, got, a, you've, got, a, you've got time, I promise. You've got time. Good morning again. Grab a seat if you haven't already done so. As I just said, this is the, the last week of our Together series. And over the past uh, few weeks, over the past month, we've been looking at how we worship together and how the world could change if together we led with an outlandish love. Something that we've been going after for quite some time here at Overlake. And, and, and this morning, I want to look at how our individual investment could change the world. And this is from, um, this is a quote from The Three Musketeers. It's, it's super famous. Oh, yeah. All for one and one for all. United we stand, divided we fall. Which I think is true for the church and us today too. Um, everything we do, all for one, everything we do is for an audience of one. But also for the unity of the church, one for all. Together we can accomplish so much, but apart so very little. So all, all through this series, we've started off in the book of Acts, uh, no different this morning, so we're going to follow along on the screens. This is Acts chapter 2, starting at 42. <clears throat> all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place, and they shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions. They shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the daily temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper. They shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of, of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Now that sounds amazing. 
It sounds like an unbelievable church experience. A church, a community where everyone is overflowing with worship and with praise. A community of people sharing everything they have, striving for that common goal. There's unity, there's harmony, there's peace. These people met together every single day. They worshiped together. They ate together. They were filled with the joy that comes from the Lord. So how do we get there? How do we experience this type of church, this type of life-changing, of world-changing community? Well, you may have noticed in the, that Mean Great Time, uh, the song we played um, kind of answers the question, uh, we're all in this together from High School Musical. <laughs> yeah, we're all in this thing together, all of us, all in, together. We all need to invest in the same way that the members of the early church invested so that God can use us, can use this place in the same way that he used that early church, uh, the one that we read about in the book of Acts. Now, I think it can be super easy, particularly in, in today's culture, to, to be a church consumer, to attend the church that provides the, the maximum amount of convenience and the minimum amount of challenge and discomfort. We choose churches like we choose a new car or a new pair of shoes. And one, it, it makes sense to, to find one that's the right fit, sure. In order to be the world changer, in order for us to step out in a world that has said no to Jesus, and we must say, we must say yes to him, to this picture of, of the church in the book of Acts. And, and we need to be ready for what that might bring. We need to move from being consumers and spectators into producers and participants. Now, I'm, I'm not super into sports. In England, where I grew up, um, football, or soccer, um, is, a, is a big thing in, in England. Everyone's all about football, soccer, whatever. I've been to one Premier League game at St. James Park in Newcastle, and I learned this thing, which you probably don't know. And do you know that they play for 90 minutes? <laughs> yeah. There's only one break. And do you know how many goals they scored in 90 minutes? Two. <laughs> Even I um, can appreciate that some sports are more entertaining than others, even though I'm not into sport. So, some sports grip the audience with, with tension and, and excitement. You're, you're on the edge of your seat. You spill the bowl of Cheetos when they, when they score. It's fun. It's, it's energizing. It's, it's incredible. It's, it's, it's invigorating. And then there's cross country. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not really an amazing spectator sport. You stand for a very long time, for a very short moment of encouragement and action. And often you can't even see what's happening for, for a big chunk of the event. Who knows what they're doing? I think golf is similar. In fact, um, I led a, a high school short-term mission once to, to Farmington, New Mexico, to the, to the Navajo Reservation. So we drove from Southern California, where the church was, all the way to Farmington. It was about a 15-hour drive. And on the way home, we're driving one of the SUVs, there's three of us, driving one of the SUVs, and, and we're trying to get ahead of the buses so we can be, you know, be back first. Um, so we're trying not to stop too much. So the, the deal was, we'll keep tra trading drivers out, and who, if you're driving, you get to choose what we listen to. So Jonathan, Jonathan chose to take advantage of the satellite radio in the rental car, and for three hours, we listened to Sirius Channel 208. I don't know if you know what that is, but that is the Golf Channel. <laughs> Yeah, that is people narrating golf on the radio. <laughs> so I know firsthand that some sports are less interesting than others, for sure. Now, spectating 
cross country is probably the, the lowest level of investment you, you could possibly have at a, at a meet. You came, you saw, you stood in the rain. But if your investment increases, your interest increases too. So if you, if you paid an entrance fee, a little more interested in what happens. If, if you sponsored the team, maybe you paid for the uniform, whatever it is. Maybe you're a little bit more invested then. Maybe if you help with the water stations, you gave up some of your time, again, your, your interest, your investment increases. If you coach the team, or if you're related to one of the runners, suddenly it's a game changer. The more invested you are, the more passionate you become, even if you are not the runner yourself. And church can be similar. We aren't all runners all the time. God has made each of us wonderfully unique so that we can fill a unique role in the body of believers here. Sometimes we take the role of a runner, sometimes the coach, sometimes we work to share our experience of the past or use the skills we have to help in this current moment, together bringing all of who we are. To be the church of Acts, we need to bring all of who we are. We need to bring our gifts, our time, our money. The Church of Acts didn't come together because a few people invested in, in, in this thing that they were doing. The Church of Acts is, is a powerful example because they invested together in each other and in the shared mission they had. They devoted themselves, devoted themselves to this thing. And everyone is included because God made you unique. So turn to the person next to you and say, you are unique. Go on, you can do it. I, I give you permission to speak right now. You can say, you are unique. Speak out that promise to each other. You are unique. Everyone's um, spent a, a moment thinking, I wish I could do this, that, or the other better. Or, or you see someone, I wish I could look like that, or be like that, or, or whatever it is. Everyone does that. Everyone wishes they were good at something they're not good at. I, I, I wish I was better at sports. Um, I mean, I can actually run cross country. I can okay, I can swim fine. Uh, if you had a ball to any of those things, it'll go horribly wrong. I will catch it with my face every time. Even as a spectator, that will still happen. <laughs> God made us different for a reason, good at some stuff for, for reasons not good as others, so to lift each other up, to work together as a team. We're unique on purpose for His purpose. Ephesians 2.10, if we were God's masterpiece, created anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. You are His masterpiece. It wasn't a mistake, it wasn't an accident, it didn't happen by chance, he made you in a certain way. And why? To do the good things God planned, to fulfill who he has made you to be, and to do it in the context of a team. Because God made you part of a team. We are all different, so that we can all have different roles. The Bible describes this as being like the body. And this next passage is from 1 Corinthians in the New Testament, another letter that's teaching churches um, how, they, how they should live, like teaching them how to, how to start this thing called church. And so as I read through this passage, the, the word body just jumps out. Paul really labors this point. He goes on and on about it. It's a really big deal. It's a really great analogy. So together, it says we make the church whole. It's going to be on the screen, and, I, and I'm going to read it. But what I want you to do is join in every time you see the word body. Can you do that? There's something powerful about speaking scripture together in unity, and also it'll make sure you're listening. Okay, here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting at verse 12. The human... Good job. Well done. We got about 30 more. Here we go. 
has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole. So it is with the of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one by one spirit. And we all share the same spirit. Yes, the has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not part of the because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the And if the ear says, I am not a part of the because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the if the whole, b- b- I got it wrong. If the whole body were an eye, how could you hear? Or if your whole were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange it would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Thank you. So either that has highlighted the importance of the church being a body or it has rendered the word meaningless to everyone. Maybe both. Just like the body has different parts with different functions. We are all different, and we can do different things, and we have a different function on God's team, on God's team, the church. From Ephesians 4, he, this is God, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. You may think your impact is small. You may think that in the grand scope of of Overlake, of the work we do as a church, maybe even sitting in this giant room, what could you possibly have to contribute that would make a difference? And that idea could not be further from the truth. God will use each and every one of us to fulfill his good works. If we don't opt in, then not only are we missing out as individuals of this plan, the church misses out too. What may seem small and insignificant can make a world of difference on a team. To illustrate this, take a look at this video. Everybody knows about playing with dominoes, but what you may not know is that a domino can knock over another domino, which is about one and a half times larger. So what I have here is a chain of dominoes. Each one is one and a half times larger than the previous one. And the smallest domino is about five millimeters high and one millimeter thick and I will carefully place it. And there are 13 dominoes. And the largest domino, it weighs about 100 pounds and is more than a meter tall. Ready? I love that guy. There was 13 dominoes in that illustration. If there were 29 um, scaling up in the same way that he did, if there were 29 dominoes, the 29th one would be as tall as the Empire State Building. Yet the illustration would still work. The power and strength of a small action, small acts of service, are powerful. Just because your contribution feels like the size of a tic-tac 
doesn't mean it, won't, it will lack impact or, or value. You may never see the final domino. I serve mostly with children in kids' ministry, and we often don't see the final domino fall. But the work we do in Kid Town is extremely valuable. It builds foundations of faith. We, we sow seeds of understanding. We create a safe environment for kids to explore and express who they are as they learn who they are in Christ. This coming Tuesday, just a couple of days, marks the 34 years since the NASA Space Shuttle Challenger broke apart. It was just 73 seconds into, into its flight, into its mission. It killed all seven crew members, five astronauts, one payload specialist, and, and, a, and a school teacher. And they thought originally, initially, when it kind of happened, oh, there's been an explosion. But apparently, the way an explosion is defined isn't quite, quite right. What, what they discovered was it was a seal that's designed to prevent leaks from the fuel tank failed during liftoff. Something to do with the temperature outside was too cold. So it allowed hot gas to come through that, that gap, that leak. So the fuel tank collapsed, it tore apart. The liquid oxygen, the hydrogen combined and, and caused this fireball, which to me sounds like an explosion, but whatever. Apparently it wasn't. It was just an O-ring. It was a seal. Now, granted, it was a seal on a spaceship, so it could have been the size of this room for all I know. I don't, I don't know. But I think it's fair to say that it was a relatively small component in a much bigger machine with a much bigger purpose. It was still vital to the success of the mission, and in, in this case, to the tragic failure of it. This verse in Leviticus, Old Testament, was encouraging God's people. It was demonstrating the power of working together and the exponential impact that, that can have. So Leviticus 26, five of you will chase a hundred. A hundred of you will chase 10,000. All your enemies will fall beneath your sword. If, if some people make a difference, then their impact will affect others. Those people in turn will influence and affect more, who in turn will influence and affect more, and so on, and so on, and so on. To have the impact of the Church of Acts, we need to work as one body, investing our time, our talents, and our treasure. We need to be more than spectators. And this might look different for each and every one of us. It might look for you, it might look like giving up a weekend to serve at the Refresh Conference coming up. It's a conference that's here at Overlake. It serves families that foster and adopt children. Incredible servants doing hard things to provide stability and love to kids. These parents need a break. They need to breathe. And they're so blessed by the people that pray, that serve, that cut hair, that, that give a moment. So maybe you have a skill you could offer. Perhaps you are a hairdresser that could, that could donate some time. Or maybe you have an idea for something you could bring to a, a pamper station that would give parents a moment to breathe, a moment of luxury. Perhaps you have skills or training you could offer to help coach parents as they navigate some of those challenges in the foster and adoption system. There are many. Or maybe for you, it's jumping into rooted or transformed classes that start just next Sunday. They're, they're eight weeks long. They help ground you in faith and help you understand that the history of Overlake, where we've been, and where we're heading, the vision, the next thing, what we're going to be a part of, and set you up to help you find personally how you can help catalyze this body of believers to make an impact to the world. But it's not just about a one-off event. It's not just about a weekend. It's not just about an eight-week um, class even. Anyone can be invested for a weekend. Maybe God is working in your heart to lean into the next generation. And 
I know, you, you might think I'm biased, and maybe, maybe I am, but look around the room. Wouldn't it be heartbreaking if those younger than us felt uncared for and forgotten because we didn't have the time? Will it be inconvenient? Yes. Will it be challenging? Yes. Will there be times you really just want to go home and watch Netflix? Absolutely. But will your work make a lasting difference in the landscape of eternity? Yes, it will. And when you feel the subsequent blessing because of the investment you've placed in the lives of others, I guarantee it. Well, maybe for you, that, that first Acts passage, verse 45, jumps out and has done for weeks now. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. So maybe for you, it's finally time to get around to committing to a tithe rather than an entrance fee. Really committing to something, an actual amount, whatever it is, over this, this next year. God might be asking you to, to lean in and invest in, in the church, in the local church, in a more material sense, to be a stakeholder. And that, that verse stands out because it's so radical. It's totally against our consumer culture. It sets a new standard that investing in others is so much better than investing in ourselves. I truly believe there's no better place to invest than in the local church. One last thing. And this is uh, Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> I know. Um, the church is like a body. Every piece has a purpose. Every piece creates the whole. If the ears don't do their job, if, if they try and be something they're not, they're not functioning right the way they were planned, if the hands don't do what they're supposed to do, if an ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, if we look at things like that, it, it just breaks apart God's plan for the church, for his team. And if we don't fulfill our purpose, whatever that might be, whatever we're created to be, if it doesn't do that, if we don't lean in, we end up with a potato. <laughs> Granted, with unrealized potential, but still... A potato with a fancy hat. And I think this church can be more than a potato with a fancy hat. I really do. So here's what I want you to remember, if nothing else, today. Don't be a potato. <laughs> Don't be a potato. Become who God has made you to be. Lean in to his purpose. Invest in this place. Partner with us partner with each other, and lead more people to him. Will you pray with me? Father, thank you that you've created us all in such a unique way, with unique purpose. Thank you for the sense of team, that we aren't alone, that we aren't doing it by ourselves, that together as partners, as teammates, as colleagues, we can pursue your vision, we can pursue your mission. Help us to realize our potential. Help us to realize what you have created us to do as individuals and as the church so that each day you will add to our fellowship those who are being saved. And in God's name we say, amen. We're going to um, go into our time of communion now. And because there's so many in this room um, of different ages, I wanted to talk through what is about to happen. So the communion stations are at the front, in the middle. 
And there's, uh, there's a little cup of juice there that you can take. There's a, there's a little um, cracker you can, you can take. And what we're remembering, what we're thinking about is the great sacrifice that Jesus made. The, the meal he had just before he died with his friends. So from the Gospel of Mark, as they were eating, Jesus and his friends, Jesus took the bread and he blessed it. He said, thank you for it. And he tore it into pieces. He gave it to his disciples. He shared it amongst his friends. He said, take, take it, for this is my body. And just a few hours from that moment, Jesus' body would be broken, beaten, and he would die on a cross, taking our place, taking the punishment we deserve. And then he, he took a cup of wine. Again, he gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to his disciples. He gave it to his friends around the room. And they all drank from it. He said to them, this is my blood, which confirms the covenant, this promise between God and his people. It's poured out as a sacrifice for many. And in a few hours, his blood was literally poured out as he died on a cross and took our punishment, took that separation that we deserve from God. He took it upon himself so that we don't have to and we can be made right with him again. So as you come to the tables when you're ready in a few moments, just think through those things, the great sacrifice that was made and the great love that is shown. And this verse from 1 Peter sums it well. Christ suffered, Jesus suffered for our sins once and for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners, for us, to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the spirit. The band's gonna continue to lead us in worship and as you feel ready, as you feel led, come to the table and experience God's love and remember what he's done. Amen.
Jesus, bring new wine. 
just amazing. I, I feel like as we sing those words, we're, we're really, we're singing a prayer. We're saying, Jesus, do, do some new work in my life. Do some new things in my heart, in my mind, and, and in really the heart of this series. Do some new thing here at Overlake, too, together. We want what you have for us, Lord. And, and, and so that's really the heart, I think, uh, that I'm sensing, not just in that song, but even in this room. Well, in this moment, you can take a seat, and as you do, you can find that connection card that Pastor Phil mentioned earlier. And uh, again, on the front, maybe something's changed in your life, like an email address, or you've moved. It'd be great to know uh, kind of uh, updated ways to stay in, in contact with you. But, but the back of this card is really the heart of it, is how best can we be caring for you or praying for you or a next step that maybe you are ready to take in your faith journey. We would love to know what those things are, to be able to follow up and come alongside you and in just a moment, buckets will be passed uh, in each row, and you can drop these in there. Unless it's your first time, we really would love the chance to get to meet you and give you a gift. Um, and so hold on to your card, and on the first floor, right as you exit, just swing by the Connection Center, and we'd love to get that gift in your hand. Um, in a moment, the ushers will come, and as those buckets are passed, it's also opportunity for gifts, tithes, and offerings. And, and what, I, what I love, kind of the theme uh, today that stuck out to me was just the idea we all get to do something. Even if it's a small little domino, I mean, it, it has impact, far greater impact than we realize. Uh, yes, yesterday, someone uh, from our safe parking ministry was able to move into housing. There's just been this cool, steady stream of some people able to transition out of a state of homelessness more into uh, some stability, into housing. And, and so thank you. I mean, whatever size gift you're giving is helping make stories like that possible. And so don't discount how small of a gift or, or, or whatnot you're able to give. The, the importance is that we are all in this together. Together. We all get to be a part of it. So in this moment, ushers, you can come forward. We'll pass those, and it'll also give us a chance to reflect on this passage one final time in this series on the screens above us. in this moment you can stand with me and we're going to head out of here together and and before we do a couple couple quick things one if there is any way uh, before you leave this place we can lift you up in prayer we would we would love the opportunity to so uh, you'll see signs that direct you on the first floor and in, in kind of a lobby area just off to the left here of, of a great team that would love to sit down and pray with you so uh, so please take us up on that opportunity if, if something's stirring in your heart 
Uh, and then second, there's great opportunities for next steps, whether it's just getting connected or growing in your faith journey or maybe even serving. There's some great teams that will be going out in 2020 and different places with different emphasis. And, and so on the hallway, uh, just go ahead, take some time and kind of check out what those next steps are. Maybe uh, one that, that, that is best fitted for where you're at. It'd, it'd be great to uh, together each take a, a next step in our journeys. Let's do this. Close your eyes, but instead of bowing your heads, raise them heavenward as I just pray this word of blessing over you. Overlake, don't be potatoes. But would you go and would you have the domino effect of the love of Jesus Christ in this world this week through your words, through your actions, through your very presence? And may you do a multitude of small things with great love. And may you do it together. Amen. Amen. Have a great week, everyone. We'll see you next Sunday.